Hey guys, welcome to Super Growth Podcast and in this episode we speak to Brendan Hufford, an SEO expert all the way from Chicago, United States. I'm asking him things like is organic really dead? What is the one thing that people in SEO disagree with him about? A few myths about SEO that keep cropping up. No click searches. What's the difference between great SEO and poor SEO? Role of video and podcast in the SEO world and what is SEO basically? I'm super excited for this one. So if you're in the SEO game, maybe starting off, maybe you're an expert or just heard of SEO in general, this one's something that you don't want to miss. Let's take it away. Dude, um, so excited. Perfect. Let's, Let's do it. Um all right. So uh, I'm going to start from a website, man. It just says I wish uh, I just wish somebody would explain SEO in terms of the rest of us could understand. Uh you know, and that that's something that I just saw on a website and I was like, "Listen, yeah, that's exactly what I need to know. You know, please explain to us what this entire SEO thing is because everybody within SEO seems to know everything uh and people outside SEO just like listen what are these guys talking about um so you know okay before we really dig into the SEO side um let's just get into who you are man can can you just like tell uh, tell us about you yeah for sure so i think where where people catch me today right the um the SEO director at an agency I have my own like thriving course and community uh called SEO for the rest of us. I have a newsletter that a lot of people read. There's one going out today with an article that I think will do really really well and be helpful for a lot of people. I've launched a couple of podcasts. I have a YouTube channel that's growing pretty rapidly. Um they see that and they're like, "All right, this all must be part like this is they they see this, they don't realize this is like my chapter 8, right? right. They think this is chapter 1 mm. and Brendan's starting. and it's whatever and they don't see that I actually went to college to be a teacher and because like why 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 wouldn't you right? right like i was 18 and they were like pick a major and i'm like i guess teaching because we'll let 18 year olds decide what they want to do with their lives like i don't know why we do that <laughs> but we do um so i went into teaching and i thought it was going to like i remember when i had met my wife and i were dating in college and she she actually told me at that point in my life she's like i don't understand like why you're not like more ambitious I'm like can it be enough this is such a weird thing to say like now seeing who I've become like I told like isn't it okay to just be a teacher I just want to be a teacher and like just go to work and have my summers off and like that's a good life like what's wrong with that and I, I remember my exact words were were chill out um and she loves to remind me that I once told her to chill out cuz now she does that all the time but I got into teaching and I wasn't really sure about it um I tried to like grow my career there I became an assistant principal we had just had a baby and my boss quit uh right. when i was teaching and then i took their job uh you know i applied for it and was in that position and frankly like was rewarded with uh sunday night panic attacks like a really <laughs> bad relationship with alcohol i gained about 30 pounds and was right. super depressed and i didn't have i didn't know what to do mm-hmm. um my business at the time that i was running i had this like niche kind of like online apparel business around brazilian jiu jitsu and it wasn't doing great like i wasn't sure how to take it to that next level i was doing fine like it was making a good bit of money but it wasn't i didn't know how to escape my day job right i had right. come up in this online marketing world where they're like buy our course on how to quit your job and i quit my job and i was like i need to quit my job um and then one of my friends was really smart um i've been in the mass, same mastermind group with people the same people for like 7 or 8 years i feel like at this point and like right. one was like why don't you just like take a step back from being a principal and just go to be a teacher again I said all right so I left that and I took a step back and that gave me enough clarity to be like all right I need to sell the mm. business 
Um, so I sold my like jujitsu apparel company. I had a review website. I sold that to another person and I didn't know what to do. And I was just like, well, I guess I'm good at SEO. So helped a couple friends for free that are just like some of my best friends in the world. And we got good results for them. And I was like, all right, this is kind of a thing. I'm going to start my own agency. So I went down that path. And then another really smart friend, uh, this guy named Jason Sook was like, Brendan, why don't you just work in an agency? And I had genuinely never considered that. I thought you had to like quit your day job and like, ha like that was a thing you had to do. And you don't, at least in my case so far, like I've loved, I get to do everything I want to do. Right. Um, and working at an agency, I work at an agency, the SEO director at Click Studios and uh, here in Chicago. And like, I absolutely love it. But I think it's really important to ground that in like, I had my chapter one too, you know, just in case people listening are, are in that same spot. Right. Yeah. I think it's, uh, you know, it's a grounded way of looking at things, you know, um, in terms of, uh, I think instead of just like diving in, which is what we see all around right now, you know, all these, uh, you know, like you said, the courses and the, you know, just right jump in and all the, all the hustle side of things, etc. And, you know, uh, it's not for everyone, you know, it's not for everyone and may not be the right time, even if it is for you, you know, it may be that you just need like six months, you know, to just like chill out, just figure out, like you said, chill out, right? You know, just um, get your head in the right place, uh, you know, and, and then once you're comfortable, once you're ready, once you've learned the skill, um, you're on your own timeline. I really like that, you know, it's, it's a it's a different way of looking at it. And I think it's the right way of looking at it, to be very honest. Very nice. Um, Perfect. So we need to know how you got to uh, how, how you got to all the all the SEO, the Chicago SEO. I keep on looking at a website and I'm like, you know, every part of a website is just like is optimized. And I'm like, okay, how did that happen? <laughs> you need to tell us that. Yeah, I uh, so I, I for Brendan Brendan just sat for a long time because I was so busy building like other websites. Like I was good at SEO, so I ranked really well. Uh, the reason I started my own jujitsu apparel company is because. I had a local Chicago jujitsu website where I just covered like the local scene, uh, reviewed right. gyms. There was no money being made. And then eventually some guy was like, Hey, I'll send you a bunch of gear, some shorts for free if you write about them. And I was like, this was before Instagram, before right. influencer marketing was a thing. And I was like, Oh, of course. And people started sending me more free stuff. And I, I stumbled on a website where a guy did camera reviews for a living. Um, and this was in like 2009. I was like, all right, that's a thing. Right. So I started gi the, the uniform you wear in jiu-jitsu is called a gi. I started gireviews.net and uh, built that up. And I ranked, like, if you Googled any type of, like, jiu-jitsu gi, any brand name plus the word review, I came up. Right. Um, and I started, like, monetizing that with affiliate links and then people, like, sponsorships and all this stuff. And I realized that I was just putting in, like, 20 hours of work to make people uh, – thousands of dollars and they sent me a $50 uniform or something. And I was like, all right, that's ridiculous. <laughs> so I cut out the middleman, created my own brand and I did all this stuff. And like, that's where I kind of cut my teeth on SEO and what allowed me to sell both of those businesses. Uh, the cool thing is that now I get to put all of that work into brendanhufford.com. Um, brendanhufford.com is, it's a personal brand kind of website. I'm putting a lot of content on there around things that are important to me personally. So I'm building out hubs of in a very SEO way because I want that organic traffic, but I don't really have a way of like converting it right now. Um, I'm building out a lot of content around podcasting because I love podcasting. I'm building out a lot of content around like taking a, a break from social media and social media addiction and stuff like that. Mm. Things that I think are, I'm betting they're, I know they're important now. I'm betting on them becoming like one of the like 
to be not to be dramatic um but like the crisis of our time is right. people becoming like really addicted to this and becoming lonelier than that like causation that that will increase your rank mm. there is also zero correlation Right. So not only does it not cause your rank to go up, it's not even remotely related. There's okay. no reason to do that. All it does is make blog posts really bad. Because you can tell when people are trying to put that, they, they lead with the, the keyword. You're like, come on. Is this, the, um, is this the quick reference on how Amazon SEO is right now? <laughs> is this, is this I don't... It's, it might be Amazon too. I'm not as familiar with Amazon, but like the Yoast plugin tells yeah, people yeah, yeah, to yeah. do that on WordPress. And like, it's just flat wrong. Or they tell you, they give you the, they give you advice that like makes they'll say like we'll automatically put your keyword in your alt text of your images and i'm like that's a good way to get sued because it makes the <laughs> images inaccessible to people mm -hmm. with um any sort of visual impairment or assistive device so the plug-in thing is a big thing there's been a lot of debate about it recently yep. um people say things in the seo industry not even the seo industry i feel like i'm a lot of my like higher level seo peers are on the same page with me but a lot of beginners think that that plugin is going to do something for them and it doesn't right um and that's unfortunate i think the other thing too that my higher level peers disagree with me on is this thing called search intent mm -hmm. um I'm staking my whole career on search intent. I think it's the future. Understanding this is what Google is starting to see uh, or is starting to prove out in like, there's an intent behind the search and with the people also ask boxes and their own click data and AI and stuff, they're figuring out what people really want when they search something. So if I Google web design, mm. what am I looking for? Do I wanna hire somebody? Do I wanna learn it? all these different things. Um, and Google's figuring that out better over time. But the problem is the model that we use, that the industry uses for search intent is based on an article uh, that Rand Fishkin wrote in 2007. Right. Really mean to tell me that Google hasn't evolved since 2000, like Google's evolved since yesterday. Right. Right. Yeah, yeah. Like they've updated their algorithm 20 times since yesterday. Right. I, I think that they've updated search intent since 2007, but they say it's like informational, navigational, whatever. But the intent, my intent when I'm searching is not to get information. It's a couple layers deeper. The way that I think about it, I don't know if I have the book. Nope, it's not sitting here. There's a book called Breakthrough Advertising by Eugene Schwartz, um, which is a copywriting book. But he talks about levels of awareness. And I think that's where search intent is. How aware is somebody? Are they Googling their problem? Are they Googling a solution to their problem? Are they Googling a specific solution to their problem, right? Or are they Googling like, I'm ready to buy? Right. And those levels of awareness really change search intent from being like, oh, that's navigational intent. But navigating to where? Like, what does that mean? Like, all of those kind of things. Um, I think we're still playing at too high a level. And I, I tell you this because literally I've, I've had my peers write about it and I've said, Hey, I think it's actually this. And they're like, well, their, their response has literally been, well, that's how everybody kind of understands it now. So I don't want to like confuse people. Got it. Okay. You're literally perpetuating a lie. Cause you don't want to be the person that says, Hey, I think there's a more novel way to think about it. So, um, but I do think that that is absolutely like, uh, something that I disagree with a lot of my peers on. It's something I think they just don't, I don't know, it's something I kind of stumbled on because I love copywriting and I don't think a lot of SEO people view themselves as like, we call them like a full stack marketer or something like that, where I'm like good at a bunch of different things. Uh, and I love copywriting. It's like a huge passion of mine. So they kind of blend together. 
Right. And, uh, you know, it's something which is interesting where do you think it's an added advantage in knowing copywriting or, you know, having an interest in that subject? Because it direct, you know, directly ties you to more of like a conversion copies, you know, sort of let's an area of SEO. Oh, my gosh. Of course. Of course it does. Like all content should be doing something. And conversion copywriting is literally just the the process of um, I know, you know, Joel Kletke, like, uh, I was talking to Joel and he was like, you know that most of a conversion copywriter's job is not writing. <laughs> like most of what we do is, is just, it's research. Right. And then the, the writing part is this tail end where we make a thing out of it. Right. But he was like, we don't even do a ton of writing. And it was just like, that was so interesting to me. Cause I'm like, that's just like writing blog posts, right? That's mm. just like writing articles. That's just like making YouTube videos and podcasts. Like most of the work is, is the research. Right. Um, and the before, the pre-work. And like, I thought that was really interesting. And I also think that like blog posts need to do something. And right. a lot of people struggle with how to, how do I get these, this blog post has a lot of traffic. How do I get it to convert? Right. I think it, it's more than just like, well, you put an opt-in here and then you put your lead magnet and all this ugh, kind of stuff. Like that's not how you make a blog post convert. What right. is the story you're telling? And how are you using the story and the different things and problem agitate solution and all of these bringing them to deeper levels of awareness like Eugene Schwartz does like how do we bring them a level deeper all of that should the call to action even be a lead magnet or should it be read this next article that's a lower like a deeper level of awareness all right. of that sort of stuff plays into it I love how um, there's an SEO company called Hrefs mm. probably does one of the best jobs I've seen of like taking what could be very generic blog content right. and turning it into a product demo like uh, they nice. just so organically weave in their own product into what they teach that it, you read one post and you're like, I got to get this. Right. I need this thing. Um, exactly. That sort of stuff is, I think, fascinating. And that's where the copywriting comes in. Perfect. So I think uh, in terms of the conversion, we are on the same page on that. I think it's it's so important. And I think a lot of content is out there. Uh, I I call it like lazy effort. You know, it's just that everyone's just like being so lazy about it that they just like uh, the volume is all they're going for. Um, and then they look at the, um, and that's why you see like six different pop-ups coming up on a you know, as soon as oh, you go. The worst. Uh, yeah, and, and it's really big companies as well. You know, it's not just um, it's not just like regular folks or beginners. These are these are really big agencies who are optimizing those websites. You know, and, and recommending uh, maybe seven clicks before you even start reading what the website is. Um, you know, <laughs> before, before yeah. you really got there, and then you add the GDPR and the cookies and this and that, and now it's just it keeps on adding up. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I think the user experience side of the SEO piece uh, is also something that's that's an interesting you know sort of angle, which which you're sort of let's say touching upon the storytelling side of the story. Um, you know, of, of SEO. Um, makes sense. So it absolutely ties into copy. And I can see that. Perfect. Um, that is an interesting one. I didn't really think you're going to disagree with a lot of your peers, <laughs> but that happened. Uh, nice. Okay. Um, let's see what we get. Uh, but yeah. Okay. This is a, this is, um, okay. I'm just going to go on the reverse side here. Okay. I'm going to start from the future and then head back. Um, so this one's more of, where do you think SEO is heading and where do you think SEO is coming from? And normally I would put this at the end or like somewhere, you know, but I think contextually uh, people need to be aware of, you know, um, where it's like SEO isn't a new thing, right? It's not something which just came about yesterday and everybody, you know, some, some people just discovered it recently. Some people have discovered it recently, probably because of you know, the 
overall content is sort of let's say out there people like you are doing 100 days of seo and this and that and people who traditionally wouldn't really see that side of things um you know are seeing the behind the scenes of um like something like conversion copy like i didn't know joel i didn't know all of these things you know uh, and you as you do you know as you delve more into the subject you start to realize that these things exist and um but i want to play the macro first i think where's seo heading right and where is it coming from in whatever order you want to do that um yeah, you know just, just like you said you know ran fishkin 2000s um, and then going in now going into the future just paint a picture for us you know what's the macro here yeah i mean i got into seo uh, in like 2009 2010 and it was a spammy game we were spinning <laughs> we were doing the like article spinning software and this is how like the good guys, right. like the good people were teaching, like, this is how you have to do it. And you have these like other like web 2.0 pro properties. And then those point to the main thing. And then you just spam those with garbage, but then they'll pass, like they'll filter that out and you'll get good equity coming through. And then it was like PBNs, like private blog networks where you had all these little authority sites, but they were just they're actually all your sites. And then you could link to your own stuff with them. And, I don't, it, all that stuff, like, let's be honest, all that stuff still works. Right. It really does. Um, especially in some industries. Um, and, uh, and especially in like, cause like Google kind of has separate algorithms for different countries and different things. And there's some like, for whatever reason, like some like Google algorithms are totally different. You can just spam the heck out of them. Um, so I can't say that that stuff doesn't work because it makes me sound super ignorant and it makes me sound like I'm like virtue signaling that like I do it the best way in this really authentic way. But like, I, I, I think that's where we've come from. And unfortunately, like we're in this weird spot right now where people have figured out how to like reverse engineer what kind of content ranks. Mm. Yeah. And then you end up with like a first page of results that all looks the same. Right. Everybody's like, well, that's what's ranking first. Mm. So I'll just write something. They'll try to like use that this garbage technique, like the, the skyscraper technique. But right. like, they're forgetting that like, in order to build a skyscraper of note in a city, you can't just make it one floor higher. Right. And that's literally what they're doing. Right. Like, imagine if you were in a city and it's like, well, this building's like a hundred floors. Cool. Ours is 101. Oh, cool. Mm. Ours is 104. And like, right. this just like, that's not how sky, like skyscrapers are like, like 20 floors higher, 30 floors higher. And you have to create this like next level content. Otherwise you end up with like, just creating this copycat content. I read three articles and I put it in my own words and here it is. And it's like, there's, there's way better ways to make content. And I think that's where we are now. Mm. I think where we're going is that that really good stuff is going to rise to the top. Mm -hmm. I think that searchers are demanding more than ever. Um, I think that in terms of like, so this is something I'm, I'm going to be doing soon, an experiment I'm going to run. Uh, a study came out uh, by like Jumpshot and it said like half of all the clicks in Google are no click searches. Meaning right. like people Google something, they get their result in Google and then they leave. Mm. Um, the problem is that these, they're, they're not taking into account, these are people Googling the weather. Right. And these are people Googling a sports score. Mm. They're Googling public, like when, when was this, you know, battle fought? And right. like, who is this per, when was this person born? Right. Things like that, that are kind of commodity information. Mm. When you take that out, the what I'm going to run, I'm going to run an experiment because I want to know, like, 
how is the click-through rate changing for like really expensive like b2b searches right i want to see how much businesses are actually getting hurt by this mm. and how much of it is people googling like who won the bears game last night um because this is people are just throwing the statistic everyone people are acting like the sky is falling and it's like first of all we're gonna, this is like the theme of our, our chat today chill first of all <laughs> chill out. um because we're not like imagine if you were like an organic facebook marketer right and or they took that like to like half a percent yeah, yeah. like imagine if 95.5 percent of searches were no click searches right i think there's a fear that that's where we're heading mm-hmm the problem is that the i don't think google can control the quality of those searches as much as their algorithm right now will just it can control search results when google starts to own the answers to things right um you know like who like i don't know if you use like b2b software reviews like captera and g2 and stuff like that well what if that was all just in google right um well then Google would pretty much have to own that business because that mm. takes a lot of people to make that run and be authentic and be correct and all of that stuff. And I don't think people trust Google as much as they trust independent companies. Right. Um, so yeah. I think that there's, they'll, Google's pulling more and more stuff into search. Some of it they're doing kind of nefariously, like they'll pull uh, G2's like ratings and they'll put G2's like proprietary ratings that they've put a lot of time and then they'll stick those right up like in an advertisement in a sponsored post like right. sponsored thing mm-hmm. and it's like you can't use our star ratings to add to like get somebody to click an ad google so right. some of you know they got in trouble for like scraping lyrics from people and stuff mm-hmm. like that because lyrics are i thought that was a commodity it's not because a lot right. of lyrics are misheard and stuff like that so Google's done some like stuff like that. I don't super trust them to make the right decisions on all this. I don't think that we're going to a world where like Google's going to control everything. I think as soon as that happens, humans, um, knowing human nature as well as I do and knowing my own behavior, I would leave Google. I'd start using another search engine. And I hope they do something like that because it'll make it a lot more democratic. Right. Um, but yeah, I think that's kind of where I think things are headed. A lot more around like better quality content, less like copycat content a lot more focus on search intent really meeting the people where they're at reverse engineering what they're trying to get out of their search and then also just like continue i I don't think that there's any reason to like panic about like click through stuff like i said i'm going to study it myself uh to see if it actually is hurting businesses but i don't my hypothesis right now which i'm happy to prove wrong is that it's really not I don't think it's a rule, and you know this is something that I've learned over the uh, you know over some time on the internet is there is no permanent game. You know it's a, it's an ongoing situation. Um, Google is going to try everything under the sun. You know with regards to experimentation on this one. Um, if it works, it works. You know maybe there are one thousand things that they'll try, one thousand calculators they'll put out. Maybe ten of them really work. If they work, you know they they'll stick with those ten, leave the other ones out. Everybody else can then do whatever they want with the other, let's say, 995 or whatever are left. But there's no permanence game here, you know. And this you're seeing with, let's say, with TikTok and with the other platforms, etc. You really, it's such a fast-paced um, sort of environment that there's no, there's no winner-take-all, um, you know, when it, when it comes to something like this. And you know, that's also something about SEO that I, um, there's no permanent ranking. Like, you know, there's no, there's no such thing as, because otherwise there wouldn't really be, um, it wouldn't be an industry really. You rank once and you're out. Um, you know, and that's something which is always going to be that there's always going to be space for people to figure out, um, you know, how do you, how do you, how do you rank, you know, considering the ecosystem is the way that it is. hundred percent. Yeah. I mean, I have a client that I'm working with right now that we, SEO is usually a long game. Uh, it takes a little bit. 
but they had a great, just huge amount of existing content. And it had slowly, their traffic had just slowly gone down over the last couple of years and they couldn't understand why. And we just went in, updated all their old content and we doubled traffic in like three weeks. Right. Like not like a small, not like from like a thousand to 2000, but like from 20,000 to 40,000 a month within a month. Right. And the reason was Google was just literally was just, uh, I, I think it's a mix between their algorithm, but also like less click throughs that people can see it's like older. Like if you Google something, you see an article from 2012, Mm. probably not going to click it. Right. So their stuff was just slowly dropping down the rankings. And as soon as we updated the publish date and we updated the content, it went back to number one. And I'm sure all their like competitors are like, what the heck, where did this come from? And it's like, exactly. yeah. you know, so I think it's, everybody's different. And if you want to win an SEO, everybody's in a unique situation. Like I can't take a startup website and get you 40,000 in a month. Like that's not going to happen. But right. uh, everybody's in a, a, that's what I love about SEO. It's different problems to solve for everybody. It's why I like doing client work. Um, because like, I don't want to lose, like, I feel like it keeps me super sharp, mm. you know? Uh, and you can do this with your own properties. If you have like 10 or 15 different websites, you're trying to get there. Um, cause you're pretty much your own client at that point. But for people that just operate one website and they're SEO experts about how expert they are at their own SEO blog, mm. I don't know about that. I don't know if that you really have that level of expertise. If all you're, if all you're ever looking at is your own SEO blog, you know? Right. Okay. I think this is like moving into, um, we've, I think, covered like a lot of our traditional stuff. Uh, I'm, I'm a little interested in moving into um, video, you know, uh, and, and where's that going? Because a lot of people now, that's a lot of content that's not being marked, you know, so um, like this particular, you know, that's a video that we, we have right now, the podcast that we have right now, that's a lot of rich content in there. That's a lot of stuff that unless I really convert this into, you know, show notes and like you know, all of that, um, nobody's ranking. You know, you can rank the title of the podcast. You may be able to maybe see the popularity of the podcast. Um, uh, but then the content within that, right, um, is something that's, you know, still to be discovered, you know, still to be sort of seen. Um, so are we, uh, what do you look at in terms of, let's say, video um, and in the role of video, let's say, within the SEO game? Because ultimately, we're looking at intent, we're looking at market research, you know, the consumer at the end of the day is consuming um, content in different forms and videos really come up. Um, where do you see, how do you see that playing out with regards to SEO? Good question. Um, I mean, video comes up exactly at Google. This is a, a great example. Um, I know like I, my washer broke, uh, six months ago and I was Googling like how to fix this like type of washer mm. and literally a video comes up first and it was, I put my model number in and everything and Google was not only like, here's a video of how to fix your washer you're actually going to only want to watch this like 18 second clip right. in the middle of this. Mm -hmm. And it's like, Oh my gosh, they not only know that I want to watch a video, they know I want to watch this video and they know that I want to watch that clip of right. that video. Mm. That is so hyper specific. I think I'm surprised they don't do that with blogs too, right. where it's like, you not only want to like read this article, you actually only want this one paragraph. So right. we're just going to send you right there. Um, but I'll give, I, if it's all right, I'll just give you my playbook of exactly how I'm doing this with audio and with video. Go for it. Um, so with video, I do interviews like this for 100 days of SEO. I just did one with uh, two of them, actually one with a guy named Roberto Blake, uh, who's a great YouTuber, and right. Miles Beckler, who's also a great YouTuber. Uh, they're also both podcasters, just media creators. They're both brilliant humans, and I was lucky to chat with them. But the way I structured it was 
I know that like show notes don't rank for anything other than people Googling for those show notes. Right. I did a bunch of research on it. I could not find any examples of like, because the problem is in podcasting, people say like, well, you do your show notes for SEO. Stop saying that. That is not how show notes work. They don't help with SEO at all. Um, other than people, they do a great function for people that want, you know, you get traffic back to your website. You can maybe get those people to opt in for something, et cetera. They're really valuable for a podcast, but they're not valuable for SEO. So what I do is I take everything and I turn it, I use um, my partner, uh, Jackie, the, over at like, uh, like, like partnered business wise, like uh, over at podreacher.com. Mm -hmm. Jackie's super helpful, uh, takes everything, doesn't just do show notes, turns like uh, podcasts and stuff in and videos into articles, right. into actually our actual articles that are built to match the search intent that are built to rank, etc. And that gives me a skeleton to then go in, flesh it out and stuff like that. Right. So I love working with podreacher for that we turn stuff into actual articles. That's like the SEO side of it. Uh, the video side of it, I take my videos and what I'm doing now, instead of putting a 20 or 40 minute video on YouTube, nobody wants that. I've looked at all the data. Nobody wants that. I look at the watch time. Everybody caps out at certain points, right. et cetera. It's better to take an article and, or to take an interview, cut up each set of like questions. Like if we're doing like questions, like if you're Joe Rogan, that's a little bit harder. But if you look, even Joe Rogan has a, has a second channel called right. JRE Clips. Yes. Yeah. yeah. That are explodes like it's huge it's three or four minutes because like let's be honest nobody has time to listen to three and a half hours joe jeez right. it's the worst <laughs> um unless you're listening to like some politician that you want to like hear more about or your favorite right. authors on his show you listen to the whole thing but those clips do really well so what i do is i i splice everything up i'm like all right we we talked about this question uh mm. for example um miles at you know have you ever heard of like the ten thousand hour rule that like yeah, malcolm yeah. gladwell yeah. Miles was like, it's not a 10,000 hour rule. He called, he's like, it's actually a 1000 experiments rule, right? The faster you can do a thousand iterations. So I'm going to make a video about like why the 10,000 hour rule is wrong. And it's right. just that clip of him talking for like two minutes. Mm. I'll, I'll put an intro at the beginning and at the end, like an outro at the end, but that's the whole thing. And we're making it for YouTube for the intent around that, for that audience in that platform. Right. Um, so that's kind of like the distribution method. The how does this fit into Google method is I think like Google obviously pulls in YouTube videos. If you've ever gone on YouTube and typed in a search, mm. go on Google, do that same search mm -hmm. and click like the video tab. Right. They're different algorithms. They are, yes, yes, yeah, yeah. Or you'd think that YouTube would just be like, or Google would just be like, hey, what is YouTube? All right, we're going to serve those same ones. They're actually, the YouTube results are way worse. Right. Or the Google results are way worse for video than if you just went straight to YouTube and mm -hmm. searched it. Yeah. So it tells me they're still using two separate algorithms, two totally separate teams that are not communicating. Very typical at Google. Right. Um, that's why things like Search Console and Google Analytics don't always work really well together because it's two sep totally separate teams. Yep. Um, but with them, it's, what's exciting for me is them pulling, obviously, video in more. Mm. Uh, for things that video can answer better, most like business related stuff, uh, obviously blogs and written content uh, are going to answer better uh, in Google. Right. But uh, for things like podcasts, it's really exciting for me because if you have like a transcript in there and there, Google said like we're transcribing episodes too, um, they're going to start being able to see the problem is around intent. Mm. People are Googling it because they want to learn they want to learn something and usually get it in written form right um maybe not learn but they want it in written form that's the result they want mostly uh and then 
with podcasts, what I think the way I think this is going is with like Google Podcasts. They're transcribing all of this now because they want the best podcast search engine. Right. So you'll go to google.com slash podcasts or something and you can search every podcast by the words they use, mm. not just like what's in the title. Like Apple Podcasts, have you tried to search anything on there? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's the actual <laughs> worst. Um, and Google's going to get into that game. That's where I think they're headed. Right. All right. Yeah, I think that's that. Uh, you know, in terms of video, I think it's um, it's an interesting space. You know, and you put it correctly. You, you sort of let's say, um, it's, it's just put out to us. You know, how that entire is it, is it does it tie into maybe let's say pillar content is the way you're approaching this. You know, um, that you're going to sort of let's say the skyscraper content kind of a thing, but within the video game. Not skyscraper, not like I want to make something that's like 10% better. Like mm. that's what sky, the skyscraper method is. It's like make something that's a little bit better right. and then and then spam all the people that link to the other one right. saying link to me instead. Like what a weird value proposition. Like, hello, my car goes, like imagine you rolled up on somebody looking at cars and you're like, hey, um, you never heard of me and I have this no-name car brand, but our car goes one mile an hour faster. You want right. to buy it? Yeah, yeah. No nobody wants that so like it's it's a really bad like most people that i know in the seo industry actually do what they call like the shotgun skyscraper method okay. where they just like they just spam it because it's such a weak value proposition that they're like i'm just going to reach out to three thousand people and maybe get 10 links or 20 links right because they know it's such a weak value prop so i don't i look at like the content cluster model around like let's have a pillar piece of content in the middle maybe a 20 minute video about this topic mm. Yeah. And then around it, I want the more like nuanced searches around it, right? Yeah. Like if I'm going to do one around like content marketing, but then maybe I have like one about like content marketing for real estate agents and how to increase conversions with content marketing and how to get like uh, expert interviews from content, like all of these different like pieces that other, I, I'm making this up right now, but all of the pieces and I treat it the same way of like a pillar in like cluster content would be. Um, right. And that's what I love about YouTube is it's so democratic. Like, mm. If your video is not hitting, people aren't like, it's not going to get promoted. And it's right. so, there's no like way to really game it. Yep. Um, you can game it, but you're really just gaming humans and keeping them engaged and stuff. People doing like a thousand jump cuts and stuff. Yeah, yeah. Um, and like, I noticed like, I love vlogs. Yeah. I love, I love me some Cody Wanner and some Casey Neistat and some right. Peter McKinnon yeah, and yeah. Ben Brown and all them. I love them. So I like at the beginning of my videos about SEO want to have like a vloggy kind of intro and stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. What do you take a guess? Does anybody care about my intros when that, they're Google, when they're looking for uh, SEO stuff? What I can tell you is that you know when when I saw your intro, right, um, it was vloggy and it really sort of you know got that that was one thing that was one reason why I was like you know listen I need to get Brendan on here so like. <laughs> I, I seriously, I, I could get that because, you know, uh, that was a high energy. And I think I mentioned it to you on on, on Twitter as well. Like, you know, it's, uh, you know, I, I, in fact, got a line from that video, um, you know, the the intro video of your 100 days of SEO, uh, like, you know, and and I put it out to you on Twitter, you know, and that, that was something where I thought it was high energy. It works. It's natural. It's raw form. It's not scripted um, beyond the point. Um, you just have a broad idea of what this is, you know, and um, yeah. People don't really care, but I think I think what's hidden behind what people you know talk about what they care about and what they actually care about is I think people do care about authenticity you know in the entire conversation, uh, but they don't talk about it. Like you know, um, if you if you go to people and they there are like let's say three different people 
one of them showing up in their fancy um, what do you call it uh, you know the fancy video of all of these guys turning up in a really nice car and you know all of that the biological reflex sort of takes you there you know the biological reflex is you know what that must that guy must be important right um, mm-hmm. but then but then once once they sit back and look at it that's where the peter mckinnons come in that's where the case you know the, the cases of the world come in is where once you consciously make a choice without the biological reflex you're going to see authenticity um, you know I, I think that kicks in in terms of seo that kicks in in terms of video content and it, it's just true you know um, and yeah, I mean, in terms of uh, you know, like you're saying, I do. I think people do really care about the intro. I think uh, I think in, intros are underrated. In fact, there was a friend of mine who uh, I sent my intro to. You know, when it, when it came to this particular, uh, you know, the, the Super Growth Podcast, and I'm like, you know, what do you think? And he's like, you know what, you're just, you know, you have a lot of pauses in between. You know, there's a, you know, some repeat sentences there, and I'm like, that's how exactly I want it. You know, um, because if that doesn't really go out, it's not your personality. It's not who you are, um, and if that's not going to go out, um, you know, the, the real people who really are the ones who are going to pay for a service or the ones who are your real, real customers, not the 100,000 likes people, you know, the, 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 the actual five that matter, right? The ones which are really important, they'll come through, you know, they'll, they'll really see it. They'll be like, this guy makes sense, you know? Um, yeah. And, and, and you're that, part of my uh, you're part of my 35 percent of people that's that watch the video because I my like the retention rate I can tell in the videos where I have like a very vlog like I come in from out of frame and there's some b-roll and some yeah, other yeah. stuff it tanks like it's like <laughs> within five seconds just pew straight right. down to like th- and then but those 30 percent 30 to 35 percent of people there's it's almost like there's no like drop usually you see like more drop off as the video goes on it's a straight plummet and then they watch the whole thing because they're in and it's really the problem is that i with my strategy need to mix it up a little bit i need to get some banger videos out there that like get to the point real quick and give people what they want so that the 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 algorithm in youtube is essentially you want 75% of people to finish at least 75% of your video right and then stay on the platform so yeah. like when i only have 30% of people finishing the video google's not going to or youtube's not going to show that to mm. anybody else mm. other than the people i show it to so that's a big problem and like i need to have other ones that bring people in like we talked about levels of awareness bring people into the ecosystem. So then they check out some of my older stuff and then that stuff builds the relationship, right? Or Google's like, look, like you've watched five of his videos. Not a lot of people stick around for this one, but we still think we want to test it with you because you seem to be into this guy. So that sort of thing. Like I need to mix up the strategy and create my content for people that I want to get into the, my ecosystem, but then also uh, the ones that I want to like build deeper relationships with. Cause I think you're absolutely right. Right. Like that 35% of people, uh, that's what Paul Jarvis calls like your rat people. Right. Uh, Paul has like pet rats and he he's like, there's rat people, like people who have pet rats. Like we all are similar kinds of people that helps you find those people. Those are the people who comment and stick around for sure. It's a good yeah, insight. Yeah. Um, it's nice that we've just moved into YouTube. You know, that sort of uh, got me thinking. We started off with you, went into SEO. We moved into YouTube for some random reason, uh, which is which is all about ranking. Yes, algorithm. Yes, but um, which brings me to a very important question. You know, which is about: um, Do you think we we're in that moment also where? Um, 
we are in that let's say platform overload kind of a situation or uh, you know where we where we sort of let's say go and overcomplicate this entire thing of you know or have too many platforms to distribute to so if you're doing a podcast you know now you go to anchor.fm and it'll be like listen here you go publish it to 15 other platforms and you know do you think that's happening like a lot more because of the let's say the attention distribution is moved um, so people are let's say on tiktok and at the same time are on facebook and you know the same people are on instagram and the same people google something and the way they decide things right is shifting so much and and while the core seo side of it is on the search engine but the way people do their research like you said um you know is 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 moving and is changing and you know like you said youtube going into video but do you think it's becoming over complicated though like you know too many platforms too many things that people are really um, talking about too many things that they're trying to do uh, whereas they could really focus on um, maybe let's say upping the quality of the content or really doing the research well better rather than worrying about what platforms and you know all of these kind of things yeah I think a lot of people listen to thought leaders mm. uh who are not in their space and haven't had their experience. Mm. Um so you listen to somebody like Gary V and you don't realize that he literally has uh, I I'm sure I think at this point like most recent numbers I heard he has 30 people right. working on his personal brand alone. Mm-hmm. They yeah. don't work for Vayner Media, they don't do client work. Right. They work for him. Mm. And he then says like you have to make more content, more content. You have to have more content. First of all, I find that crap exhausting. Right. If I'm on Twitter and you tell me to go over to your Instagram and then in your Instagram story you tell me to check out this blog post and in the blog post there's a YouTube video, right. I I not only am not going to engage, I also hate you at that point. Right. Yeah, yeah. Because you're literally You invited me to a party and then told me the party was over here <laughs> and then when I got there it was like this horrible game and they don't all he he's like look at all my impressions look at all my views and I'm like but there's also people that like don't have that kind and then he's like you got to take action don't consume all my stuff and it's like but all your stuff says to consume more stuff like <laughs> yeah. ew anyways yeah. my point is that like people take that as canon and they get overwhelmed mm. yeah, yeah. like I got to be on Instagram got to be on TikTok got to be on whatever and it's like n- no you don't mm. look at people who are winning on one platform right or do what i do build a castle build a moat around it and mm. then move to a new platform right? right so like i'm doing that with my blog and with youtube right now and i'm going to work on those right and i'm going to build a moat around them so that those are generating their own traffic organically mm. and then i'll i'll worry about a podcast then i'll worry about instagram i don't touch instagram i love using it right Stories mm. are super fun because you learn how to like craft a message and use different editing to keep I love looking at who my retention across like if I have like a 10 like section Instagram story I want to see how many people stick around and how good I'm creating open loops and using all my copywriting kind of techniques and stuff um but I always tell people like what are the channels you can own mm. and then also like what are the ones you actually like the work of right. doing Mm. Too many people are like, "Well, I love watching videos or I love listening to podcasts." Right? But do you like editing audio? Do you like editing video? Do you like mm. editing blogs? Right. Like which one of those do you pretty much which because the magic is always in the edit, right? Mm. Mm. Um it's in the thing before it gets published. So don't right. choose a platform you like consuming, choose mm. the one you like doing the work of. Because that's what matters way more. Like I don't have any interest in editing going out and taking beautiful photos and editing them and like all the, like I don't want to do Instagram like mm. that's not for me right 
Got it. Uh, at least right now. I love, don't get me wrong. Like I love, I, you might be able to see my camera back there. Like I love video and I love photography and stuff, but like, that's not the platform I'm going to try to own right now. I don't want to be one of those marketers who's crushing it on Instagram. Mm. Uh, I want to, as much as possible, own, I like platforms that are more democratic, mm. right? Like platforms like YouTube and Google and stuff like that. We can talk about the issues within those platforms, but they're still like the more democratic ones. Um, and I prefer those because I like the work right. of making stuff for them. Um, I think podcasting is a really easy game to get into. Not a big fan of Anchor necessarily because their terms of service are really weird. Right. Some of them say like, we actually own your stuff. And it's like, do you, do you need to? <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. But, but that said, like, they have a really great platform. And I, me and a couple of friends have used it. Because I can literally like log in, push a button. It calls you or give you the number to call in. Right. And then it records. On, like, it's wonderful, the technology mm. behind it. So like the, the barrier to entry to podcasting is really low. So right. there's a lot of options out there, I guess. Um, but I do think roundabout way to answering your question, like we're totally oversaturated with platforms. And the problem is when you listen to the wrong thought leaders and you don't think for yourself, mm. you end up like not committing wholly to a platform or two. Right. And then you end up trying to be like, I'm going to launch a YouTube channel and a podcast and be on TikTok and I got to get my Instagram stories up. And then I'm going to also blog. And then I also want to do that. And then you end up like three years have gone by and you're like, I don't have, I don't really have a lot to show for this. Right. Yeah. yeah. You know, I sold a thousand dollars in online courses in three years. Like, what am I supposed to do? Yeah. And it's like, if you just would have gone all in on right. one and like really learned it and built your castle, built the moat and then moved on. Mm. Um, I think that's definitely the way to think about it because we're definitely oversaturated and we, we will be forever. There'll always be things popping up. Right. And I think that that just brings me to a lot of people who, um, let's say, are moving into um, not really approaching organic the way it's you know, supposed to be. And they, they're preferring paid. You know, they're preferring to sort of, let's say, move with Google Ads. And we see this with, um, uh, let's say, inbound funnel, which is, let's say, high value content offering. And then, of course, the scammy ones do it the scammy way, which is, you know, the landing page looks the same. And then they, you know, they make it look like that. And there's a, um, what do you call it, like a, like a last minute. We have, like, maybe just one day left or one hour left or something like that. Um, and then they start pushing out everything everywhere. And, and sort of that Google ad is chasing you with everything. Uh, that's that's sort of, let's say, a lot of um, what a lot of businesses sort of, let's say, trying to do is to sort of, let's say, hack their way into, I wouldn't necessarily say search per se, but what they're really doing is they're, they're doing the, um, the high value content offering thing where they, where, where they sort of, let's say, put out their, um, like an ebook or, or these kinds of things. Uh, and do you think that's also something which is what people sort of, let's say, be careful of, um, you know, uh, because people get frustrated with rankings and what they end up doing is they sort of start moving into Google ads just for the sake of Google ads, um, you know, um, just so that they rank in the promoted game. And then, um, do you think that's, that's also something which, um, you think people are not really spending enough time, you know, they're not respecting the fact that it's actually a, a more of a marathon than a, than a sprint, you know, when it comes to something. Yeah, else. for sure. I think the answer is like, yeah, it's, it's do both, obviously. Um, but I think one of the dangers of paid in some ways, um, SEO has its own dangers, I think. Uh, I, honestly, like the, especially in like the, the B2B world and the tech world and stuff, like SEO takes a long time and a lot of, especially if you've raised money, like you don't, you don't have a lot of time to, to prove yourself right. True. CMOs only have like a year or two, right? Like they don't have a lot of time to invest in content and SEO and stuff like that. Mm. They cast their big vision and then like, that's why we have a lot of CMO turnover. Right. Um, 
because they're, you know, they're thinking, sometimes they're thinking too long-term, sometimes it's too short-term, et cetera. My point is that like with moving to paid is one of the biggest risks I see with moving to acquisition from like only paid platforms is that there will always be some either incumbent or some new startup, an incumbent with a lot of money or a, a new startup with a lot of money to burn. Right. And what they're, they're just, their goal is literally to burn you out, mm. to, to make the unit economics so awful that right. you cannot acquire new customers through paid. And yeah, that company is going to fold in a year, but can you outlast them? Mm. Right. Yeah. And that's the game that a lot, I see a lot of like people playing is like, Oh, I just got to outlast these people. I think they're going to like close up shop. And like, you know, if you close up shop and then two months later, they've been so busy trying to burn you out. They close up shop. Well, neither of you won. Like I, there's no real, like there's no point to that. So like, right. I think a lot of times that's the danger with like only paid. Right. Now it's a whole other discipline and one that I respect very much, one that I want to learn, especially with an interest in content and an interest in copy, like, paid is like is a next kind of like step for me to like mm. look into mm -hmm. um but i think that again like getting rabbit hold into it you have to test and see what works and you also have to have a good idea of like what qualifies and or maybe quantifies a test um and if you're spending 20 bucks a day on google adwords or on facebook ads you can't do that for a week and be like they don't work like right. mm, like let's get some better data mm. yeah. so i think that's a big part of it but i do think it's a danger Again, like the platform hopping, I think the strategy hopping is also a danger. You spin your wheels a lot and waste a lot of time. Right. And I think that just brings me to brand, you know, um, and, 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 you know, sort of, let's say, impressions that you bring about not just on, on let's say, search, but also on, let's say, um, you, a lot of people trying individual branding and, you know, things that you're doing and things that, you know, let's say, people like me are doing um, is, is, do you think at the end of the day, it also comes down to the brand that you sort of, let's say, stick with the brand consistency, the you know, brand positioning, brand strategy, um, and not just the SEO tactics around or just the copy or, or, or those kind of things where uh it's not just all of that right it's it's also um because everyone can do that i mean we're living in a world where everyone has access to that um you know emotional things are available to most people um do you think it's also coming down to if you implement one strategy i implement another one and we sort of let's say getting the same crowd um uh, we're getting to let's say the same similar kinds of positions with regards to results um you think it's also coming down to brand after that when it comes to decision making Oh, 100%. So I'm really glad you brought this up. I, a, a good example of this is, oh, I'll give you two good examples, um, especially with like organic search and then one without. So one good example um, that I was looking at recently is there, Google has its own like mortgage calculator mm. uh, in the search engine, like in the search results. So people like that used to be big business for a lot of people. They used to get like, there's 3 million people per month Googling mortgage calculator. Right. And now a big part of that is a no-click search because mm. people just do it in Google and they're like, all right, that's how much my mortgage is going to be. Thanks. Right. Yeah, yeah. And I think that like that's a that's a big deal. Now, a hundred thousand, no, way less than three million, 
but a hundred thousand people per month Google mm-hmm. Zillow mortgage calculator. Right. They don't. They they're not looking for. They're they're brand loyal to Zillow. Hundred thousand people per month. Right. Like over a million people a year Google Zillow mortgage calculator. Mm. That's where you want to be because whether Google Google and do whatever they want in the search results, right? Mm-hmm. But those people want Zillow. Google could even stick their own mortgage calculator in those search results, and right. I would wager people would be like, "That's not Zillow." Like they'll they'll scroll. Right. Right. Mm. Um, they'll have that bad user experience. So that's what you want. Like, mm. I think brand means everything. It's something I've come to respect more and more. Um, one of our partners at Click Studios, uh, his name's Derek Nelson. Probably, I, I honestly, let me just do a quick, like, I'll just fan out a little bit about my <laughs> boss. Yeah, yeah. Like, we do these Monday kickstarts mm-hmm. uh, where, like, pretty much it's like a short TED Talk every Monday. Mm. Our, our partners, uh, Derek and ironically, uh, the other one's name is Ted, give these like short talks to us and they have like decks and stuff. And they are the stuff that we do internally, we're begging them to publish this stuff Mm. because it is better. Everybody loves Basecamp and their like thought leadership and everything. This this stuff blows Basecamp out of the water. Respect to DHH and Jason, like I've I've been fans of theirs for a long time. But I'm just like, oh my gosh, like this is like some of the best thought leadership. I've ever heard. And like, mm. one of the things I've learned from Derek, cause I tend to like go fast. I'm, I'm like, I, I, I move fast and break things. Um, and like, Derek is like, you need to slow down. Like brand matters. Perception mm. matters. You can't publish 30 blog posts in a month and be like, whatever, we'll just update them on the fly. If there's something wrong with them, like mm. chill Our we have to protect our brand. Right. And it's like, Oh, like that was a very big light bulb moment for me. Mm-hmm. Um, cause I think that he's one of the smartest, like most like empathetic and thought, I, I use this word very carefully, like thoughtful people. He's mm-hmm. so thoughtful about everything he does. Um, so I think brand really matters. Another, so I guess I'll give you like a third example. Um, cause that second one was kind of on accident. Uh, <laughs> this marketer that I love, uh, following his name's Dave Gerhardt. Uh, he was the VP of marketing at drift, yep. a really cool tech company. Dave recently left drift mm. and was like, today's my last day at drift. And here's a Patreon. Right. Um, I'm starting a new gig in January, but like, here's a Patreon and it's a private podcast, uh, a private like blog within the Patreon, like all this other stuff. Mm. And it was like, I like, I was like, dude, I hope he crushes this, uh-huh. but I, he's going to prove out a theory right now. He right. thinks that he's built enough of a brand mm. that he can do this. Right. I think, I think he has, cause mm. I'm, I, I bought into it. Right. Um, and like, I pay 30 bucks a month and like he, but there's also the other side of like, maybe nobody cares about Dave. Maybe mm. it was just like people loved following the drift stuff. Right. And now that he left Drift, like he's going to find out that nobody cares about him. Mm. Uh, I'm really glad that that's not true. But like 200 people pay right. him, you know, anywhere from 10 bucks a month to 1500 bucks a month. Mm. Uh, he does a couple like consulting slots in there, too. But he has over 200. Like I'm looking at it right now, 215 patrons. Right. Yeah, yeah. And it's like, oh, wow. Like, that's so interesting. Why? Because he took like he built a brand for himself. So right. there's company brand, but there's also personal brand. And when you have personal brand, you can go wherever you want. And yeah, people, yeah. Literally we're paying him for a podcast, something that most <laughs> people think is insane. Like right. podcasts need to be free. Nobody pays for a podcast. Yep. I do. Yeah, yeah. I pay. So mm. um, that sort of stuff I think is really, really interesting. And you're totally right. Like you can't brand, I think is more important than anything. And I think some people 
play really like maybe they skew too slow because they're like well it's my brand and all this stuff like if part of your brand like i can tell you without a doubt part of my brand is like typos right. and emojis and gifts and like <laughs> rants about stuff that i'm just like fire like i don't mean to sound like a used car salesman and talk fast that's just how my brain works and how i talk um but i think that matters right i think that's a really good point that you made yeah yeah uh, i mean the idea of the podcast to begin with was to sort of let's say not get over technical with things and you know sort of bring it back to the basics um is because it touches upon so many different things uh, you know and and you can't really have seo without brand and you can't have you know brand without you know so many different aspects of you know how business works and you know, the more we get into these silos we start to let's say move into more platforms and you know uh it, you know let's say and and the experts have to do it i mean because you're executing like you know just a brand has to do seo the way seo is supposed to be done uh, but then at the end of the day like you said you know the macro conversation is so um and that's why that's why you know it, it's so important is because that's why you're mentioning your boss here and that's why you know you're mentioning the dead talk and you know it wouldn't really it wouldn't really ever come up you know because at the end of the day that that thought leadership aspect is also sort of trickled into seo uh, yeah <laughs> i mean who shouts out their boss on a podcast right like who's like and i i mean that like i'm stoked i'm i'm in a very blessed position to be able to like love where i work and love my boss but yeah like all of that stuff matters because it all i think when we're talking about all these different platforms and ecosystems like uh you know me mentioning him here like gets picked up somewhere else and then that like i'm going to link to you like you know like when you have a relationship i think that's really what we're talking about here is relationships when you have relationships with somebody you're going to ask you're going to like share their stuff in your instagram story you're going to link to them you're going to have them on your podcast you're going to like do stuff with like all of that stuff matters and a lot of that is like really just building into other people and things like that so uh i think that's re- like relationships is really i think like the name of the game and when you're playing too fast and you only care about like give me a link or like give me a shout out like when that's your first ask it's transactional like there's no there's no long term relationship there so so what brendan is saying is seo is love is what he's saying I I've done I have an article coming out here in a couple of weeks where I took like some of the top online marketing blogs right. and I looked at who did they link to the most right from their blog and uh, spoiler alert it's their friends uh, I don't yeah. know if any of them do it intentionally but right. I can tell you without a doubt people link to the people that they have like Pat Flynn smart passive income right his most linked to stuff uh is like Amy Porterfield and Derek Halpern and like all of these other people that are like oh all right cool that that like abs you know um oh what's his name dang it there's a couple other people uh but like i think that like if you look at it there are people that are in his mastermind mm. people that he's like friends with um like things like that like the the most linked to site from smartpassiveincome.com right is to chris ducker's blog mm-hmm. and i don't think it's a surprise that chris ducker's his best friend right right yeah. like it's just I when I'm choosing things to link to I'm going to link to the resources that are top of mind and those are the ones that are my friends. So Makes that's sense. how I think about it. Perfect. And then I'm um I don't know man it's it's moving into such an area it's it's moving into a fuzzy area <laughs> of this entire thing. Uh I don't want to like come back to any questions which are um which which are let's say not as uh let's say fuzzy. Um but i think i think let's like i don't know if you have to define like what great seo and what poor seo is you know mm-hmm. um we've sort of touched upon it i think throughout the entire thing but but i think if you can sum it up in that way which is really, you know if you if 
what is great SEO and what is poor SEO? Um, so I think that SEO is not a thing you can like fall into anymore. You can't just like stumble into rankings. Like you used to be able to like, you just publish, publish, publish. And it's like, whoo, Google picked up a couple blogs and here we go. Right. Mm. That doesn't, I, I think that's actually for anything that like can make you money or build a brand or like anything that's worth ranking for that can't happen. Like that won't happen anymore. Right. So you have to be really intentional. So I think great SEO is a couple things. It's, putting out stuff that you're and obviously there's layers of like imposter syndrome in here too. And I'm, I'm acknowledging those, but like putting out things you're proud of and proud to share with other people, like not having a bunch of content that you're like, Oh, this isn't, this is pretty cheap. And it's only, I'm just trying to get rankings or whatever. Um, I think like brand, like brand is a big part of SEO. When people arrive on your website, they need to know who you are and what you're about right away. They need to know like, something about you and be made to care about something related to what they care about, right? Weaving your story in there or weaving in things about like, it should be about the user and about what they want. But if they leave and like anybody could have written that article or like anybody could have created that content, then they're going to be like, I don't, there's nothing that I know about this person that would make me want to come back for more or subscribe right. or take action. Mm -hmm. um, I also think that great SEO is, is playing the long game. It's, creating content that's evergreen and creating content that you can update over time. And, and another part of SEO that not a lot of people talk about is just creating articles that will like get links naturally, right? That are just interesting and funny. I have an article on my website. I was inspired. One of my buddies isn't really into cryptocurrency. And there's this website that just has like, they call it like crypto obituaries. <laughs> and he links Every time somebody says cryptocurrency is dead in a blog post, he links to it. And it's just this running tally. And it's so funny because he's like making the point like this is clearly not dead. You guys have been saying like 20 times a month, this is dead for like years. Right. Um, so I made one about SEO obituaries <laughs> and like, I'm yeah. And like all these things, like just like silly stuff like that, but it's playing the long game of, search and it's playing the long game of google that's like look like people said search engines were dead in 1997 right <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. and in 2005 like you know seo has died 22 times <laughs> at this point yeah, yeah. it's not dead it's not going anywhere as long as right. people are searching for things on the internet seo will be a thing and seo is not just google it's amazon and youtube and podcasts and all these things we've been talking about hmm. and like I think great SEO is just really figuring out like what people want when they're searching for stuff and then figuring out like, where's the overlap? Like, here's the things I want to talk about. Here's what people are looking for. And like, what's the overlap? And I think mm. that is like super simplistic and we can get more tactical if you want, but like, that's kind of how I think about it. Right. And I think, which also sort of brings me to, uh, you know, something a little more less tactical, but more, let's say, tools oriented, you know, uh, how do you think like technology, you know, especially, let's say, uh, you know, marketing technology, or, you know, generally, the kinds of tools that are available online, um, you know, how, how's that sort of, let's say, impacted how people approach things like SEO, market research, um, you know, uh, researching what the consumer wants, you think it's, you think it's over data driven, or you think it's adequate, and it's really moved into a good space where you really know what's happening? I think that if you know how to use this stuff, you'll find great things. Right. Um, I think if you know how to research humans, mm. uh, this is where a lot of like the copywriting research comes in that SEO people skip. Mm. SEO people, uh, and I don't, I'm not trying to villainize anybody, but I think 
So that's where you get into that copycat content. I'm going to look at the top three ranking articles. Mm -hmm. I'm going to look at what they're talking about and how they're talking about. I'm going to read them. I'm going to put it in my own words. I'm going to make sure I'm going to go into hrefs and look at all that different stuff. I'm going to look at competitor articles. What are the keywords they're ranking for? What do I want to rank for? I'm going to put it into clear scope, um, which is a tool that I actually use myself. Mm -hmm. um, but they're going to do it in like a, a lazy way of like, I'm just going to create it. So it checks all the boxes and makes everything green and has all the right like entities and topics and things mm -hmm. like that stuff my keywords in there. So that clear scope says it's good. Clear scope is a check to like a, a tool to check and make sure you're talking about the right entities that Google wants you, you know, that Google's currently ranking. Right. The problem is you can make your clear scope thing. It, it could be unintelligible and clear scope would say, this is fine mm. because it's just checking entities. It's not an actual human. Right. Right. Yeah. So the problem is people skip human steps. They don't look at um, Quora mm. when they're researching an article. They don't look at like, they don't check uh I love looking at Amazon three-star reviews mm. on a topic. Right. Um, that stuff, like there's gold in there. Because usually when somebody leaves a three-star review, they have really strong feelings about it. Mm. But they're also really strong in like this, I have hope that this was better. Right. Right. A one or two-star review is like, this sucks, I hate it, bye. Five-star is like, this is the best thing ever. It's the new like, whatever, you know, the new like, I don't know, like, the hype greatest yeah, book yeah. of all time whatever my point is like a three-star review is like yeah i loved it it was great but like here's something that really turned me off mm. and it's like when you read the three-star reviews of like the top books and whatever you're trying to write about all of a sudden it's like oh like that's something i should include or like oh that's something i shouldn't do but you're really researching humans um and i think a lot of that gets left out of seo and that's where if you've ever read an article where you're like, get out of my head, like <laughs> you are reading my mind, yeah, yeah. that's the kind of research that they've done. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I think, uh, you know, in the, in the middle of what you're just basically pointing to is very straightforward, you know, um, that as much as technology is going to come in, you know, things like a Reddit forum, you know, things that people are really talking about, you know, in, in, in the corners of the internet or, you know, when they're, they're chit-chatting with their friends, you know, on WhatsApp or some, some other messaging app, you know, that's the kind of stuff that's really where, you know, intent is, that's really where the behavior is. Um, so, yeah, I mean, you know, if you can use the tools, if you can use the data that's already there and, you know, sort of, I think at the end they have the common sense to really see, um, you know, that what I'm reading right now doesn't make any sense. Um, you know, and I keep on getting, you know, whenever I get the first draft of any copy or whenever I get, the first thing I look at is, does it even make sense? Um, because it, because it may check all your, all your applications. You know, it starts from, you know, in this part of the world, a lot of people use Grammarly because that's not something mm -hmm. which is, let's say, a, a, you know, a first language thing. So a lot of people, let's say, generally use Grammarly, then they use, let's say, uh, other parts of, you know, other software, like you're saying, like the ClearScope, which is, you know, just mm -hmm. going through everything. But at the end of the day, what really coming to is, um, is dropping into those conversations or, you know, across the internet. Yeah, absolutely makes sense. Perfect. For sure. And if you like, if, if, if people are using Grammarly, um, also check out, there's another one called Pro Writing Aid. Right. Okay. Um, Pro Writing Aid is super popular amongst a bunch of like writers that I know uh, okay. that might be also helpful too. Makes sense. In terms of the tools, any shout out that, you know, you, you, you feel, um, any shout out to any tools that you've used over the years, which are, let's say, SEO, um, Brendan Hufford approved uh, <laughs> SEO tools. Um, you know, I, I'll just, the ones that I use like day to day are, um, I use ClearScope. Uh, Bernard at ClearScope is fantastic. Initially, I wrote the tool off as like, this is bad. 
Um, and then like we started using it more and more and I'm like, you can definitely use this for good. Right. Um, and then also the, I use that, I use HRFs. Um, and then I also use, uh, we use for a lot of our outreach, we use Pitchbox. Mm-hmm. Some people yeah. use Pitchbox to just spam like crazy. Um, what's cool is that pitch Pitchbox is not into that at all. Mm-hmm. Um, you'll get in trouble with them. We use it to track data. When you're sending out as much outreach emails and building, like we, the way we do a lot of outreach is with a very like Dream 100 approach of like, um, I don't know if you're familiar with like Chet Holmes and Ultimate Sales Machine, but like just instead of reaching out to a million people, just reach out to the hundred most important ones. Right. Um, so, but we use it for just data, for tracking. Mm-hmm. Like it's also, they have a really great like jobs to be done approach in there that helps people send a lot of like meaningful outreach without losing their minds Mm. without feeling like i'm i'm slowly my soul is dying because i send a lot of emails every day and i'm always (laughs) in my inbox like the the team like we have two people that do outreach uh full time uh at click and like it's really important to me that like they don't feel like their job is soul crushing so like having the data on that is like really helpful then we can also share that with clients so Mm. we love pitchbox for that i met the team um and then uh, when I was in Philadelphia at Traffic Think Tank, if people, if you're doing SEO at a high level, if your job is in any way dependent on SEO, right. um, you should definitely join. And I say this as somebody with a paid community myself, <laughs> yeah, yeah. like I'm also paying to be in Traffic Think Tank. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that's really, really important to me. So I love being in Traffic Think Tank. Uh, if you want to read some good uh, Joel Kletke copywriting, you can go to trafficthinktank.com. He did all the copy there. It's really good. Right. Um, and then also, um, yeah, I mean, those are like the things that I use that help me do, you know, trafficking tank isn't really a tool, um, but it is something that like is a sanity check on my job every single day. Um, it, <laughs> yeah, is, yeah. it is mental, it is health and like mental health insurance for the mm. work that I do. Right. Um, so yeah, that's, I think that's really what I use. I don't make it too complicated a lot. I use Screaming Frog and a couple other things. Um, but nothing like super complicated people like that. I've got that question, like, what's your, not that this is what you're asking, but they're like, what's your tech stack? And I'm like, you're making this too hard like this is not <laughs> when you're using 13 tools right. um i i don't i just don't think it has to be that complicated some people prefer like site bulb to mm-hmm. or deep crawl or they have preferences and tools um both of i've never used either of those but heard they're both great from smart people that i like and trust right. but yeah i don't i don't know i don't it's not that complicated for me so I think I think you've answered the tech stack question perfectly. Uh, the immediate next question is: uh, We've sort of moved into the fuzzy area of this entire conversation. So, um, what's your people stack? So you mentioned Joel Kletke. You mentioned a few other people. Your boss mm. for sure. Um, what's your people stack? Who are you? Who are you really? You know, sort of let's say learning from. Um, you yeah. Know, when it comes to an, on an ongoing level, you know, maybe maybe Twitter, maybe something else. Who are the? Who, what's your people stack? Oh man, I how much time do we have, uh, right? How much do you want? I I try I I really pay attention to only a few select people, right. and I people that I trust. And when they tell me to check something out that is um, maybe not something I would ordinarily look at or mm. a resource I would be like that's garbage. I'm not going to look at it. I still trust them and I right. look at it. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I, I mean, obviously I have like people I follow on YouTube because I really like that. And I feel like they make me uh, their video, like people like Matt Diavella, mm. not like really helpful for like personal development, my mental health, things like that. Um, Sherry Walling, uh, 
from Zen founder, like really good. Like I've been through a lot of like mental health stuff. This is the thing that happens. If if you've never experienced this, you will at some point, you'll get everything you wanted in life. Things you've built up in your head to be like, Oh my God, when I get this, I'll finally be happy. Sorry. I don't want to spoil it for you. You won't be happy. That thing will not make you happy. But when you get there, you'll be like, Oh my God, what am I working for? And you might like, I had a freak out about a year ago and like, really struggled with my mental health. So Sherry Walling's like content uh, with Zen Founder was really valuable there. Mm. Um, I mean, I've mentioned, here's the thing, like I'm really selective on my input. Like right. I will I will unfollow you on Twitter in a second if I think that you're not like providing value for right. me or you're, you're shit retweeting a bunch of just crap that like makes me feel bad and stuff. Mm. Um, so I only follow like a, around anywhere from like a hundred, like less than 200 people at all time on Twitter. I don't know how people follow more people than that. Right. Um, but like, yeah, like people like Sean McCabe at Sean West uh, is really influential for me. Uh, obviously the three people at Traffic Think Tank, um, Matt Barbie, Ian Howells and Nick Eubanks are people mm. that I really follow. Right. Um, I love Jimmy Daly and Ryan Law over mm. at Animals with a Z. Mm. Uh, really good thought leaders in terms of like content and stuff like that. Um, if you want to learn how to do Instagram, if you're like, Brendan, this is cool. I'm like, I, I listen to all the SEO stuff, but for some reason I'm still into Instagram. Look at what like Ryan Fisher um, mm. is doing on Instagram. He's a CrossFit guy, but in like a fitness guy, but he's with a very low follower count uh, has built a humongous business. Right. So he's really interesting uh, for YouTube. I follow Cade, K-A-D-E, Cade Dworkin mm-hmm. um, and Tom Martin are both great. I mentioned Dave Gerhardt earlier. Yes. Um, I don't know. I have a lot, like, I I love, like I mentioned Miles Beckler, like really anybody I've had on a hundred days of SEO has been somebody I've like cajoled into joining me. Um, because like, I just love them and think the world of them. But like, I follow a guy named Jay Akunzo who, uh, is like really big on like business podcasting. Mm -hmm. Um, and then there's like a lot of people in the online marketing space. Like I've worked with Pat Flynn for a long time. Love Pat Flynn. Um, I love like Jason Zook and Caroline Zook. They have a thing called Wandering Aimfully. Like I could go on for days and days with this. Like I, I'm very selective. And all of these people are genuinely like Paul Jarvis and Kaylee Moore over at Creative Class. Like if you're a freelancer, they should check that out. Like I love, so like there's so many people that invested in me. I feel like early as I was investing in myself, buying courses and being in communities hmm. um, that like, you know, uh, even Ken Wallace, uh, I would say is like one of my like, closest friends. Uh, he has a thing called Mastermind Jam uh, that helps you like just have like amazing mastermind groups that don't fizzle out over time, which a lot of them do. Right. Um, Sean Blanda is he worked with Ramit for Ramit Sethi for a long time. Was at Envision. Um, now he's at a new startup called Crossbeam. Like I consider Sean to be like a mentor. So I don't know. My people stack is, is, um, it might sound like a lot of people, but right. if somebody took a step back and they're like, Oh my God, I consume content from 500 people. Right. Like my, my world is very small right. and I'm very careful about who I let in and who I get influenced by. And this is again, like after years of refinement and realizing that input equals output. Mm. And if I get, if I garbage in garbage out, um, I have to like really like, curate that stuff and a lot of the people i'm going to be honest with you the best people that you're going to find that are going to have the most influence on you are people that like nobody they're not like personal brand people right you know like there's a guy named dave ojeda uh Mm -hmm. who's here in chicago who is has been in the seo game like since i was in like 
high school right. and he knows he's forgotten more than I know. And he's also like into real estate and into investing and into like all of this like finance stuff. And I'm just like, he is like my Obi-Wan Kenobi. Like I right. learned, I somehow have a relationship with him that I've convinced him to let me ask him questions and get coffee with him once a month. Yeah, yeah. And it's just like, I don't know why he keeps talking to me because he is just <laughs> filled with so much knowledge. Right. Um, but like, he's not building a big personal brand. So mm. like not a lot of people would know that he like so i think like just online is great but also like look in your local community if you're doing seo or if you're doing you know building a brand or you're building you know you have an agency or whatever find people locally that you can learn find somebody who's been in business for 25 years mm, they know some stuff they know right. some things you can learn from so mm. i think that's been like a huge like learning uh we call it a hack but like that's been a huge like thing for me is just figuring out like I can learn from a lot more people than just the people who you will that have big brands that you'll email and they'll never reply you right. know don't just consume their content like actually like, build relationships so I think I was going to initially be like listen I'm going to take the names of all these people that he's going to talk about maybe they're going to be like two three people and like <laughs> tag them many. on twitter tag them on twitter no like, man it's I'm impossible. Like, <laughs> you can have, you're going to have Glenn, then Glenn Alsip and Ross Simmons and John Cooper and yeah, 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 all yeah. these other people. Like there's too many. There's just too many. <laughs> I mean, haven't even touched on like so many other areas, you know, this is like yeah. things that are coming up in, you know, just the top of your head. You know, there's so many other people that, you know, I, so I keep on seeing these people on Twitter, you know, uh, you know, as part of this entire community of people. But, um, but there's so many other people who just aren't there, you know, and they're, they're, they're really, um, like you said, the relationship building piece is, you know, right there. But, you know, listen, kudos to you. You know, you're, 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 you're really uh, very few people that I can say who can like say so many names and give me a background of all these people uh, and yeah. genuinely do it. You know, so I think, I think this is the real SEO. I think this is, this is where we are. Uh, things that, you know, really Google can't <laughs> really index, you know, mm -hmm. uh, these kinds of things. So. And I'm sure there's some SEO guys out there who are like, no, no, hard luck. You know what? Some people, like Google can index that as well. <laughs> but I'm just saying, you know, it's, the, it's, it's just one of those things where it's just generally coming from someone who's, uh, who's learned and who's sort of, let's say, been part of all of this and doesn't want to sort of, you know, make it sound very, you know, sort of hype people up or whatever that is or hype the industry up or those kind of things. And you're just, you're, you're giving it like it is when it comes to these kind of things. So it's really, really cool. That's nice. Uh, that's pretty much it really man <laughs> i think it's, just, Great. it's been good amount of stuff uh we've sort of gone through all the areas that you know uh, that i could have sort of let's say i could think of you know all the stuff that i saw on your website all the all the seo stuff all the seo stuff that is sort of let's say um was on the top of my head as well uh, anything you like to add anything that you know any area that you think we've sort of let's say you, you want to get into something that you wanted to but you know we didn't really bring up yeah um no, I mean, we covered like a lot of the things that I think are super important right now, the things that people are missing, the things that people are doing wrong. Uh, and then I think we've also highlighted, I, I've given probably like 20 plus examples here uh, of things that people are doing really, really right and doing right. well. So I think like you, you, you kind of have a good blueprint. Um, and I think like when it comes back to the North Star uh, is like of what we've talked about today is this takes time. Like this is, this is a long game, like mm. playing a long game matters. Um, when you get to the point where like you are not financially secure, but like when you're at a point where you feel like you've done a good job, like building something, consider thinking like longer term. Right. And I think the way, like from the beginning, the, the thing you can do from the start, even when, 
and this is why I love SEO is I can get plugged into anybody's business. The way that I established a lot of early relationships was just by saying, Hey, can I just audit your site? Like I'll do it for free. I just want to like, mm. hopefully help you. I believe in your message. I want to help you. Um, and then those people five, 10 years later are now promoting me to their community. They're my like JV partners and affiliates and or whatever. Like they, like they just, they're my guests on my podcast. They're my friends, right? right? Um, they're people that if I text them, cause I have their number when I'm in town, they will drop everything and get coffee with me or have dinner, or invite me to their house. So, you know, I met their kids, like those things matter way more. And I think those things, whether it's the SEO game or the brand game or whatever, it's all the same, like those relationships, instead of trying to get links or trying to get what it shares, like just try to get friends. Right. Um, I think that that pays off infinitely more in the long term. Perfect. So I think I've made a friend here, uh, Brendan. For sure, man. <laughs> it's been it's been an absolute pleasure. Uh, thanks for bearing with all the all the technical hiccups and this and that. And uh, oh, good. I, I've got something for you that Google probably can't index. So I've got a uh, I've got this. I don't know if it, it's it's coming. Yeah. <laughs> it's coming. You're welcome, man. <laughs> Perfect. Thanks for having. Thanks Love for having speak. me on. Love speaking to you, Brendan. Take care. Cheers. <laughs> thanks. Bye. Bye.